0: So as I said at the beginning of the service, we are looking at character traits of God to better understand what God is like. Last week, we looked at God's holiness from that vision in Isaiah 6. Remember, uh, the Lord was high and lifted up, seated on a throne. His train filled, his robe filled uh, the temple. There was a winged, six-winged angel called a seraphim, two of them. Uh, they are singing praise to God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is full of God's glory. We talked about how gods we couldn't bear to see God's holiness directly, and yet God doesn't hide away from us but shows us what he's like in creation in his word. We also saw that the response to God's holiness is confession, uh, conviction and confession. Isaiah fell down, confessed, I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. He said, woe is me, I'm undone. Um, but the Lord uh, caused one of the seraphim to bring a burning coal from the, the altar and touch his lips and, and cleanse him, make him holy, pure. Where we stopped, and, and this, would I, this is one of my favorite sermons to go to, but you're not going to get it today, is the very next verses. God said, now I have work for you to do, Isaiah. And Isaiah responded, here I am, send me. And his job was to then take the message to the Israelites of the holy God, And the unclean people and declare to them uh, God's uh, holiness and God's word and and call them to repent and turn back. And so what I didn't really make clear last week, but want to as we move forward, is that we're going to study these character traits of God. not as holy, but we're also going to see that God desires for us to also be holy in, in our limited human sense. And there's two reasons for that. One is that we are created in the image of God. So if God is holy, there is a bit of holiness in us. Uh, We're also called to obey and live in in participation with what God is doing. So for that reason, too, our obedience produces some of these same character traits. Um, So today, we're going to look at God being just and talk about what that means, but then also see that God desires for us to be just as we relate to God. Other people. So we're going to start in Deuteronomy 32. This is our call to worship this morning. Um, <clears throat> now I'll read this for you again, and then I want to spend a little time on those yellow highlighted words up there. But this is describing God. Right? It begins in verse three with praise. I proclaim the name of the Lord. Ascribe greatness to our God, the Rock. Then this is the description. God's work is perfect. All of his ways are just. He is a God of faithfulness without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. Now you may remember, because I try to remind you of this, that the, uh, the Hebrew writers uh, of, of prose and poetry, uh, they loved repetition. That's how they emphasize something, kind of like we underline or bold or yellow highlight And so we talked about that last week with the repetition of the word holy. Holy, holy, holy. That means God is the most holy there can be if you say it three times. Well, here you have a little bit of the same same thing. There's not only repetition of the same word. One of the writing devices that Hebrew writers love to use were synonyms and antonyms. They would make a statement, then they would say it all over again and use slightly different words that would give you a different shade of meaning. There's a lot of parallel structures. Anyway, you have that here. This is all describing really one trait about God, God's justice, but it uses six different terms to say that God is just. And so I want to put the six words up on the screen. These are the same uh, yellow ones that are highlighted uh, just in verse four. And you don't need to know the Hebrew, but I put it up there just in case you're interested it says God is perfect. That's a Hebrew word, uh, tamim. And it has the sense of being complete, being blameless, being in the right and being right. That's God's perfection. It also describes God's justness. God is right. God is complete. God is all in all. Right? And then it used, our, our translation translates the next word as just. That's the word mishpat. Uh, It's a noun, meaning judgment. It it literally uh, says, let me get back to it here, all of God's ways are justice or are judgment. It's a little awkward to use a noun there, so our English translators made it an adjective, just. But it's saying that God God carries justice and judgment uh, with him as he speaks, as he acts. It's part of his character, right? God is faithful, uh, imunah, Means steadfast, reliable, honest, the truth. Um, this is all. You're saying, well, that's not the same as being just, right? But it's it's what God's justice looks like. Is those those things true and right and, and faithful? And then then the, the writer throws in a good old um, antonym. God is just, and God is also without injustice. That's two ways to say the same thing, right? But the word used for injustice um, is well. Ravel means it means uh, dishonest, unrighteous, unjust and God is not any of those things. So right? It's, it's just more of the same. that God is true, God is right, God is just. Then the word righteous, which is all through the scriptures in different forms, Sadiq, um, it means in the right, righteous, just. Does this sound familiar? This is what the other, one of the other words meant too. It's just another word that means the same thing. But that God is righteous means that God is just. It's all describing this one. Think of it like a, um, you know, a six-faceted jewel, and each side reflects a little bit differently what this core trait of God is like, God's justness. And then the last one, upright, yes, are. It means straight or level or smooth or right or correct. That's where I picked up that background image, that of a, a straight road. Uh, some, of the, <coughs> some of the scriptures talk about a straight path and not veering off of it. This is God's will and word, and it it reflects God's character, that there is a right way. We talked about this in Confirmation this morning um, from the 23rd Psalm, that the shepherd leads us in the the paths of righteousness. That means the right path or the right way. God is upright. That's where to follow this path. So all six of those words are describing this is what God is like when we say God is just or right or righteous. Um, and I have two, two reflections on that, uh, and I struggle to condense this into words, but I hope you'll get the gist of, of what I'm, I'm thinking here. The first is that what God says is right and just, and we would know that primarily from Scripture, it is defined by God's character, right? So, so you got a little bit of this in the exchange with the Pharisees. It's not just, here's a set of rules, black and white, do them or don't do them. God's justice is governed by, is, is formed by his truthfulness, his wisdom. And, and as we'll see in later weeks, by his compassion, by his mercy. God makes rules for us not because um, he is a capricious um, you know, dictator, uh, but rather, God is, is more like a loving parent who makes rules for us, for our best, for our own good. I think, again, we're, we're I think, often heirs to this view that there's two gods in the Bible, the mean Old Testament God and the nice New Testament God. That's not the case. God is the same throughout. And so I want to lift up to you that when even when we talk about God's judgment or God's justice, that it's not a... A, a, a squish them and crush them kind of justice but it's one that comes out of God's compassion and mercy and love and what is right and what is true and what is honest all that defines God's justice and we'll see how Jesus picks up on that as he talks about God's law to the Pharisees in just a few minutes the second reflection I want to make on uh, this this broad definition of God's justice is that as you read what God says is right for us, as you contemplate this straight path, if you find yourself off the path, most likely you and I are the ones that need to change. Now, it is possible sometimes, and and happens sometimes, that you've uh, latched onto a wrong interpretation of Scripture or the pastor has preached it wrong, and you're actually on the right path, and just feel like you're in the wrong place but I would say nine out of ten times or even more you know if you've stepped off the path uh, God's put that conscious and a conscience in us that tells us you're in the right way or not um, and and I don't know any other way to say this than to just invite you and appeal to you the way a parent would with a child is God's law, God's will, God's purpose is not to harm us, but it is for our best. In the same way that a, a parent would lay down a, a rule with their teenager, they just want the best. And it may feel, it may feel um, uh, crushing, unfair, The other kids don't have it, but it's, it's born out of love. And that's, that's what I'm trying to get at here with this definition of God's justice and God's righteousness is that it's born out of God's love and compassion and wanting the best for us, uh, his, his, his creatures, his children. So if God is just, out of that flows the, the follow-up that we are to be just like God. And so I want to look at a couple of passages with you where scripture talks about that. The first is in Isaiah 1. Isaiah was written around 600 B.C. or so. Uh, God's people, the people of Israel as a whole, were wandering off the path and so, God would send these preachers, these prophets, to call them back to say, This is what God is like, and this is what God wants. You're over in the weeds. You know, come back, repent, turn back to God. And so, part of uh, the b- very beginning of Isaiah's message to the people uh, is, is this verse that we've already read earlier in the service, where basically he says these six things Learn to do good. Seek justice, reprove the ruthless. And by all means, don't be one of the ruthless. <laughs> Defend the orphan, plead for the widow. All of it is this care for the other. Sounds a whole lot like love your neighbor, right, that Jesus would teach later. But this was, Isaiah. This was God's message through Isaiah to his people to call him back to the path. And the, you know, in, in a sentence, it's be just, be righteous, As the Lord is just and righteous, full of mercy, full of compassion, do the right thing. And this is how God describes that through Isaiah. It's interesting that his message wasn't do better sacrifices, do more sacrifices, do bigger sacrifices, or try harder in worship. This was the remedy for the the sin of God's people was live out godly justice and compassion If you know anything about me and my understanding of worship, uh, it's also very broad. There's a whole lot of worship words, just like we saw there's a whole bunch of just words. And one of the core meanings of worship is to serve, is to love others. And so I would say Isaiah is telling them to worship better, but not in in more of the ritual, but in showing compassion and showing justice. Um, Serve the Lord, worship the Lord. Micah six, six through eight, this is not one of our scriptures this morning, but it is a, a well-known classic scripture that describes this very thing of this is what the Lord wants from us, and it looks a lot like that list of descriptions of God. With what shall I come to the Lord and bow myself, that's a worship word, before the Lord on high? Shall I come to him with burnt offerings, more burnt offerings, with yearling calves, with better burnt offerings? Does the Lord take delight in thousands of rams, in 10,000 rivers of oil? Kind of that same, what is it that God desires from us? To be, you know, ridiculously extreme, should I present my firstborn for my rebellious acts, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? No, he has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. This is, according to yet another prophet, another preacher, this is what God desires from us. um, To do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with the Lord. And then a third passage, uh, our our other one from today, from Matthew 23. I don't want to always come across like I'm down on the Pharisees. I mean, in a very real sense, um, the Pharisees are are my people. Right? Because I'm, I'm working in the Lord's house. I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to do the right thing and follow the... And I am a rule follower as well. And that's what they were doing. I mean, they had the law and they were following it scrupulously to the last detail. To the point that, what Jesus is talking about, their very spices, they took a tenth to tithe and give it to the Lord. And, and, and you were messing up if you didn't tithe your dill and your mint and your cumin correctly. And what Jesus puts his finger on is that same theme from Isaiah, the same theme from Micah. And notice he, he says, don't neglect tithing at the end. But he says, you've missed the very heart of God's law and God's desire for you. Right. The weightier provisions of the law. What are they? Justice and mercy and faithfulness. Do that. Don't stop tithing. That's a good thing, too. But don't miss the heart of what it means to be the children of God and followers of God. And again, it's listed. I mean, the same ideas over and over again, Old Testament, New Testament, the prophets, the lips of Jesus, justice and mercy and faithfulness. So last week, God is holy. We are to be holy. This week, God is just. We are to be just. So I want to end up talking just for a minute about what justness or justice looks like. We have a whole ministry team of the church one of our elders chairs it that is um, their focus is on this it's called the serve team leslie pack is the sessional elder uh, over it and the number of folks i mean they have a committee that meets every now and, now and again but their main work is doing is getting out doing uh, justice mercy compassion connection loving neighbor and that sort of thing so i've put some pictures up here some examples of what falls under the serve team Um, That's the Crop Walk in the top left corner. Um, That was a a walk we did to raise some some funds for people who are hungry, both in our own community and around the world. Um, The large picture under that is from the Christmas shop. Um, You should know about that, unless you were just really sleepy for a whole bunch of Sundays all in a row. Um, That is something we do with several churches to um, minister to. Uh, families who have limited means uh, at the holidays. I, I never like pictures without people, but we're also careful to um, regard the dignity of the shoppers, so I went fishing for some, some pictures from the weekend of the Christmas shop, so we have Mr. Santa down there, and then Christy and one of our youth uh, who are volunteering uh, there. So those are just some of the things that the serve team does. Uh, you'll know from last week and today's announcement, uh, we're also trying to I teach some classes about what racial injustice is and how to think about that from a Christian, a biblical perspective, uh, I'll acknowledge to you, and this will not be a surprise to you, it is um, an awkward topic to talk about. We, we come with a whole lot of different experiences and viewpoints, um, but I, I am convinced that there is no better place to talk about it than in the church in the context of our faith, because it's, it's, one of the topics that so easily gets co-opted by the media, by politics, when the question we want to ask is, what does God have to say about that? So I'm going to keep pressing on with you in the discomfort of having those conversations. And this, this is the latest class that Kathy's teaching over fr- uh, those Thursday nights. But we want to just say, what does God desire from us? What does it look like to live as believers with justice and mercy and compassion in the world that we live in right now. So I mentioned in the announcements on the 29th, we have that congregational meeting and the lunch. Don't forget the lunch. In the service that day, I mentioned several of our elders are going to share with you about their ministries, about how you can become involved. So if after hearing all this, you think, yes, God is just and I'm supposed to be just and I am looking for some ways to do that. One of the elders who will share that day is Leslie. Leslie who is, uh, leads our serve team, and she will tell you some ways that you can connect with our serve ministry. You also could call that our justice ministry or our mercy ministry. Our deacons also do uh, ministries of mercy. And we haven't asked them yet, but I might ask them to also say a word in that service. Um, but the point is this. We are, we are studying each week. This is what God is like. We are made in God's image, and we are invited to be adopted into God's family and follow him. And therefore, we are to be like God is, holy and just. And in the weeks to come, we'll also see compassionate, loving, wise, good. That's, that's what God has for us. And that, that is uh, not meant to be, nor is it uh, a burden or unpleasant or unwanted. That's God's best for us to live in, in a way that reflects God's glory on this earth. So I invite you uh, to, to do that, to plug in with me in the weeks to come. So come back on the 29th, and you'll hear some more about ways you can connect. Come back on the, the 22nd, because we just like to have you here. Um, but I'll see you uh, on those Sundays, too. Let's pray together.